special welcome this evening to many of our ninth grade students who are here with their sponsor or parents that are preparing for the Sabbath of Confirmation three months from today on December 8th. They're here this evening. We have a time with them afterwards just to uh, touch space before they receive the Sacrament of Confirmation from Bishop Kagan here in a few months. And so ninth graders, please know of our prayers and encouragement and support for you in these final months before you prepare, before you receive the great Sacrament of Confirmation. Most years for Christmas, I try to be as creative as I can for gifts for my family, but I tend to resort to what I know best. And so for my two younger brothers, who are five and ten years younger than I am, I resort to getting them a book. The book could be anything from some interest or hobby they have, to a sports book, to maybe a book about the faith. A couple years ago, my youngest brother Evan, after I'd given him his annual Christmas book, pulled me aside and said, you know, we don't really read. <laughs> and you keep getting us books. And I think to myself, well, they're easy to steal from the rack out there. They're nice and cheap. I don't pay for them. So I'm going to keep just kidding. But I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop getting them books for Christmas. Part of the reason is, oftentimes, right in life, we share what we love. And I enjoy reading a book from time to time. And each year, one of my goals in reading books is to read more than I did the previous year. So I try to keep track of them, and I just try to exceed it by one each year. Nice, easy, measurable way to reach my goals. A couple of weeks ago, I finished a book, and at the end of the book, or at the end of the book, I, I recognized a really helpful thing the author had done. At the end of each chapter, he summarized the main three or four points found in the preceding pages of that chapter. For those of us who get a bit distracted from time to time, it's kind of a nice way just to say, oh, these were the main points that I was supposed to glean from these, these pages. I mentioned that this evening because if we were to do that, if we were to step back and try to summarize, try to find out the key points that Jesus has been making in the gospel this past month, I think we'd be a bit surprised as to how direct and, yes, challenging he has been. So in case you missed it, just a very brief recap. August 11th, the gospel. You must be pre prepared for at an hour you did not expect the Son of Man will come. August 18th, a father will be divided against his son, and a son against his father, and a mother against her daughter, etc., etc., etc. August 25th, strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but few will be strong enough. September 1st, Last week, my birthday, in fact, in case you missed it, <laughs> I turned 33 last week. It's my Jesus year. I got a long ways to go, but I'm giving it a shot.
September 1st, Jesus said, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Now, as we look at the summary of what we've heard this past month, if somehow we don't find what Jesus is saying in the gospel either challenging or calling us to conversion, then one of two things are happening. Either one, we're not listening to him, or number two, we don't believe him, right? Either we're not listening to the gospel if we don't find his word challenging because it is and it was meant to be, or secondly, we think it's for someone else. We think it's for, well, our spouse, or our boss, or our pastor, or our parishioners. You get the point. We've lofted on other people and say, oh, this is for them. No, this is for us. Which brings us to today's gospel. Jesus says, if anyone comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, even his own life, cannot be my disciple. Then he adds, whoever does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Then he adds, if you don't renounce all of your possessions, you can't be my disciple. Once again, challenging words that are meant for us. So, I want you to imagine this scenario to help drive the point home. Whenever we have a new parishioner join the parish here at St. Mary's, I try to take time to meet with them. They come in, I get to know their story, find out what brought them here to St. Mary's Parish, hear a little bit about their family or their life, and it's really enjoyable to do. I really enjoy doing it. We give them a plant. We plant a plant for them and we give it to them. If you joined the parish, you didn't get a plant. Sorry about that. We'll get you one. We missed you. But we have plants for our new parishioners. How about that? But imagine if they sit down with me and they tell their story. And all of a sudden they say to me, Father, so what's it take to be a St. Mary's parishioner? What's required of me? And I said, oh, thanks for asking. Well, here's a few things. First, we need you to hate your family. Second, make sure that you carry that cross. And thirdly, whatever possessions you have, make sure you renounce. I have a feeling our membership would plummet pretty quickly. And they say, Father, you lost it. But Jesus can get away with saying that. Why? Because the underlining theme of what Jesus is calling us to is a complete and total fidelity to him. That's the requirement of discipleship. Complete and total commitment to him. Now, that's challenging because I know there's all sorts of ways we try to make excuses for that, myself certainly included. I want to propose two questions this evening based on what Jesus says. Number one, where do we find our identity? 
Is our identity found in anything other than being a disciple of Jesus? Is our identity found in our family, as Deacon Dan so beautifully spoke about last week in his homily? Is our identity found in our job? Is our identity found in some type of success? Is our identity found in some type of pleasure or relationship? If we find our identity in anything other than the Lord, he's calling us to conversion there. Now, many of the things that we find our identity in are very noble things. Our country, our job, our family. But Jesus is asking for something more. And the second question is this. Is there any place in my life where I'm attached to that thing and I have made that thing or that person the Lord? That's then where he's calling us to conversion. So where do I find my identity? And where am I attached? He calls us to conversion there. The great commandment of Jesus is you shall love the Lord your God with everything you have. And what allows us then to go forward in loving our family is first receiving the love of God. Now this word hate, just so we're clear, is kind of a Jewish over-exaggeration over-exaggerative way of speaking. He doesn't really mean hate them. What he means is love me more than anything else. And when we love Jesus more than anything or anyone else, we can actually then love them more because we receive the love of God. So let's make sure as a parish, as people of Catholic faith, our number one priority is the love of Almighty God.